And it is in letting go that we begin to move towards forgiveness. When we let go, we get into a space where forgiveness can happen. When we're holding on, there's no room for forgiveness. So the first step is letting go. So what is a grudge? It seems like a silly question, right? But basically it's harboring a resentment or a negative feeling toward your partner. Now where we go when we're hurt is often anger. And there's a reason for that. That's not necessarily bad. Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And we're going to continue our exploration of emotional baggage, let's call it, that's been handed down for generation to generation and is screwing up relationships. And today, on the topic of wrath and ruin, Old Testament tactics for marital meltdown, we're going to talk about holding on to grudges or turning your partner into salt. Uh, and you know the equivalent turning your partner into salt basically means you have judged them and they are that pillar of salt that statue of salt forever no matter how hard they try to change we're going to talk about the consequences of refusing to let go of past mistakes and how it can hinder a relationship's growth and progress by fostering resentment and preventing forgiveness and as we have been doing in this series i'm going to tell you a story and guess who's in it Guess, can you guess? Jack and Emily are back. And I just have to tell you that any resemblance to persons, places, or things in reality is strictly accidental, of course. We would never take this from real life, would we? But just in case, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. All right, so here's the story of Jack and Emily and how they turned their partner into salt by holding grudges and past mistakes. Are you ready? In a quaint town with cobblestone streets and lush gardens, there lived a couple named Jack and Emily. They had faced numerous challenges together, learning valuable lessons about love, communication, and trust. However, their relationship was soon to be tested by a new obstacle the inability to let go of past mistakes and the grudges that accompanied them. Jack had always struggled with forgiveness, holding on to past wrongs like a shield to protect himself from future pain, which is kind of interesting because it's usually women who remember every little mistake. But let's not forget that very recently, Jack and Emily suffered a setback. His inability to let go of Emily's past mistakes, such as her previous infidelity, with Tom from episode three, cast a dark shadow over their relationship. Instead of embracing the progress they had made and focusing on the present, Jack continually brought up Emily's past actions, using them as weapons in arguments and as a means to justify his mistrust. Emily did feel guilty, but she also worked hard and diligently to atone for her mistakes, demonstrating her commitment to their relationship and her desire to move forward. But she felt weighed down by the burden of Jack's grudges. She was constantly reminded of her past failures and it was shredding her on the inside. The more Jack clung to these resentments, the more Emily felt stifled and unable to grow. As time wore on, the atmosphere in their once happy home became increasingly tense and oppressive. Conversations were fraught with bitterness and resentment as Jack's inability to forgive and let go of the past hindered their relationship's growth and progress. Realizing 
that their love was at risk of being suffocated by the weight of past mistakes and grudges, Jack and Emily found themselves at a crossroads. Emily threatened to separate from Jack if he did not seek help for the issues that were harming their relationship. Motivated to save their marriage, Jack took the lead and enrolled in, you guessed it, the Unbreakable Husband Program. Through the program, Jack discovered that his inability to forgive was rooted in deep-seated fears of vulnerability and rejection. By holding on to the past, mistakes, and grudges, he was creating a barrier between himself and Emily, preventing true intimacy and connection. In the Unbreakable Husband program, however, he learned that letting go of the negative, releasing control, and ultimately forgiving and releasing the shame that was associated with this event were the keys to saving his marriage. Jack applied what he learned from the program. He underwent a rapid transformation. Through applying trigger hacking, he released his unhappiness, shame, and fear about the future. The powerful approach allowed him to quickly confront and overcome his fears. He recognized that forgiveness was essential to their relationship's growth and healing, and with remarkable speed, he let go of the past. Bam, like that. And by the way, trigger hacking can happen like that. Emily noticed the rapid changes in Jack and felt encouraged by his efforts to improve their relationship. The speed at which Jack evolved not only impressed Emily, but also rekindled the love and trust between them. Together, they swiftly began to rebuild the trust and strengthen their bond, rapidly transforming their marriage and saving it from the brink of separation. Their journey taught them the importance of forgiveness and the dangers of holding on to grudges and past mistakes. By choosing to let go and embrace the present, Jack and Emily were able to reignite their love and create a more profound connection, paving the way for a brighter and happier future together. And I want to be really clear. Jack and Emily did not go back to the love that they started with, right? It doesn't work that way. When we muddy the waters in our relationship, really muddy the waters, when we go into emotional deficit in our relationship, very often we need to build a new, stronger relationship. Basically what Jack did was through the trigger hacking technique, by letting go of his old baggage and by taking action, he created a new foundation on which he stood and on which he and Emily therefore built a new and more lasting relationship. Right, so don't think that this is about saving the relationship. It might be about saving the marriage, right? The marriage is a commitment that we make, but the relationship, if it starts out, the love bank is full, and then you get into a deficit, you don't go backwards. You build a new abundant future together. So what is a grudge? It seems like a silly question, right? But basically it's harboring a resentment or a negative feeling toward your partner due to a mistake that they made or maybe a wrongdoing that you perceive. They don't even necessarily have to make a mistake. It might be that you just think they did something wrong. And what's wrong with that anyway? Resentment is untreated anger. Uh, let's talk about the way that this works. On the most base level, the, the emotional base of humanity is invulnerability. And in, in vulnerability, we experience hurt. And in vulnerability, we experience sadness and in vulnerability we experience fear. And there's a whole subset of emotions that come out of that. Those are the feelings over when we're in them. We fear sadness and hurt. We have no sense of empowerment in them. And 
we don't really want to experience those feelings, right? Because they're not fun. But the beauty of fear, sadness, and hurt is that we connect with one another through our experience and understanding of these feelings. And I'm going to talk about how and why. Now, where we go when we're hurt is often anger. And there's a reason for that. That's not necessarily bad. The reason is that if we hung out in our hurt endlessly, we'd never move forward. Uh, hurt and sadness and fear are basically, I've already lost or I can't win, and so I'm not going to move. Now, it can be when we lose a loved one, for example, when we have an experience of loss and we have it, we get, having that hurt can be very healing for us. Taking the time to experience that loss can be very healing for us. So there's not, it's not bad. It's just not always pleasant, right? And the problem is as human beings, we're kind of addicted to the pleasant, but we can't have pleasant without, I'm going to call it the unpleasant for now. Without the unpleasant. We can't have one without the other. They're a package deal. In fact, the deeper our sense of hurt and sadness and fear in life, the deeper our sense of joy and happiness uh, and enjoyment. They're, they're intimately linked together. All right, so anger is a stepping off feeling. It's like, oh, screw this. I'm tired of feeling hurt. So in Jack's case, Emily had, in the last episode, Emily had stepped out on him with Tom, right? And Jack now is stuck with his resentment. Even though in the last episode they lived happily after, after which they always do in rich relationship, right? And in life. Uh, the truth is the story isn't finished until we get to happily ever after, ever. And the other side of that is even in happily ever after, often the story isn't finished. But if we're in a bad place, that isn't the ending. The ending is always, when we get to happily ever after, we've reached the conclusion of that, of, of a particular story. So in the last story, they did reach happily ever after, but then Jack found out that he was holding on to this secret grudge, that he felt betrayed, that he felt uh, he was lessened as a man in some way by this action that she, that she took. And that lessening of a man, that touch brought up shame for him. He felt ashamed of who he was, that in some way he had caused this. He was causal, and he was in some way causal, but he was causal in a way that made him personally defective. Not just that his behavior was bad, but that he was bad. That's what shame's about. Now, shame in men drives two different reactions. One is lack of emotion. All right, so when we have experienced intense shame and we don't want to experience that anymore, we basically shut down our emotion. We stop experiencing the hurt and the fear and the sadness and so consequently stop experiencing the joy and the happiness and the good stuff. That it's, we're in this emotional neutral place. Uh, or the other side of shame for men is rage. So let's just say in this instance that Jack was experiencing rage because in the last episode he was bullying a little and he seems to have a tendency like that. Now, if he had taken his anger and just acted on it, not acted out of anger, but on the anger. Actually, we can act in anger or we can act out of anger. That's probably a better way to put it. When we're acting in anger, we're acting in a way that is angry, not desirable. When we act in anger, basically, we may get people to jump, but they're not going to hang around. 
So we may have a short-term win, but we won't have a long-term win. Long-term win is where all of our needs are met. We're social creatures, and we have, and Jack, in the long run, wants a partnership with Emily. So if he acts in anger and says, you conniving, you know what, you slept with him, I'm so mad at you, he's eventually going to drive her away, which is what was happening in this story. If we act from anger or out of it, what we do is we're, we use the anger to go back to, all right, what's my feeling of inadequacy that's driving this anger? Or what's the wrong that I want to right? So I was talking about shame earlier. Jack, being an angry, very overly angry guy, over the top angry, probably had some shame about his own behavior. Or maybe he felt he had been unfaithful to his mother by choosing his father in their divorce or something like that. I mean, who knows, right? But he had some shame about that, that he needed to clean up and he was transferring it to this situation. He saw Emily as choosing another man over him in the same way that he chose his father over his mother. And rather than experience self-loathing, he's directing it outward at her, right? That's the ultimate manifest manifestation of rageaholic shame is it's being directed outward. The silent suffering shame is actually directed inward. It's self-punishing, and that's why it doesn't emerge. The impact on trust and connection is tremendous, obviously, right? I mean, here's Emily, hat in hand. I'm so sorry I did this, please. I thought that you forgave me in episode seven, but, but here we are, you still resent me, and Jack just can't freaking let it go. And there can't be any trust when we don't let it go, right? If we, if, the reality is, as human beings, we are going to continue to make mistakes. We're going to continue to drop the ball. We're going to continue to poke each other's wounds accidentally. That's the human state. That's part of why we get together with people who can push our buttons, is to help us identify them so that we can dismantle them, release the old feeling, create a strategy, take action, adjust as we move forward. That's part of what partnerships are for. So we can't have trust if we're going to live in that stuff. And if we can't have trust, we can't have intimacy. If we can't have intimacy, we don't have a partnership. The only way through is to have the hurt, have the pain, understand that what's being triggered is, in Jack's case, his shame over his past. Forgive himself for that choice, learn whatever the lesson was he needed to learn that he didn't learn so that he can release the shame and the guilt and then forgive Emily because his judgment of Emily is guess what? A judgment of himself. We're all living in a mirror. When we judge someone else, it's because we have a judgment about that behavior in ourselves. Forgiveness and healing of others leads to forgiveness and healing of ourselves and vice versa. We can, move, we can move beyond our past mistakes as we allow them to move beyond theirs. Short of that, we're not going to have any positive communication. We're only going to have destructive communication. Communica communication is going to show up consistently as, I can't believe you did that. And the emotional toll is that the relationship becomes negative and toxic and goes into deep deficit. I get so many guys in our unbreakable husband program who are coming from this place whose wives have asked for a separation or divorce in the same way that Emily did. There can be no real relationship growth, but even more important, there can't be any real individual growth in this kind of partnership or in this kind of relationship. It's a toxic relationship. It's going to drag and take both people back. 
And the truth is that until Emily said, we're going to get separated, she was participating in the toxicity by saying, hey, I'm done with this. You change or I'm out. You know, she was, she was saying, I'm changing now. I'm not going to hang around for this abuse anymore. Now, I just want to be clear. She probably didn't say, you change or I'm out. She probably said, I'm out. If you change, I might come back. But I'm out, right? Like, this, uh, that's really what happened. The other thing, the way that I express it, that's the way we typically lay down a boundary. That's more like an ultimatum, though. And ultimatums don't drive people to change. They drive them to attack us further. But when we say, hey, you know what? I'm done. I'm finished. You might be able to earn me back, my, back with my trust back, if you can show me some change, but I'm finished. I'm, I'm going to get a separation. That's a different way to approach it. That's a way to step out of that dynamic. And basically, Emily was at that point letting go of the dynamic. She was letting go of her guilt over the infidelity. She was letting go of the hope that Jack was going to move on. She's, and in doing that, she allowed Jack to do the same. Are you hearing that? By letting go of her guilt and letting go of his hurt over her guilt, she actually allows him to have the opportunity to heal it and let go himself. And it is in letting go that we begin to move towards forgiveness. When we let go, we get into a space where forgiveness can happen. When we're holding on, there's no room for forgiveness. So the first step is letting go. And when we move into that forgiveness, we can start to practice empathy and understanding. When we're ready to let go, we can start even practicing empathy and understanding. And empathy and understanding is understanding why the other person is doing what they're doing. Maybe Emily knew Jack's backstory of his family's divorce. Maybe she was able to see, this isn't really about me. And instead of beating him over the head with it, you know, I know this is just because you chose your dad over your mom and you feel ashamed of it. Instead of doing that, she just said, you know what, I'm just not, I can't play this game anymore. This is too painful for both of us. I care about you too much to continue to play this game. That's actually a form of compassion. It's a way to help the other person overcome their grudge, and it's a way to overcome your own dis disappointment with yourself. Now, note that Jack sought help. It's really important in these situations to get outside help, because let's face it, we don't get into them because we, the way is clear. We don't get into them because we know what to do. We get into them, we get deeper and deeper in the weeds because we're, we're having trouble seeing the forest. So getting outside help makes all the difference in the world. And when we do that, we can start to focus on the present and the future instead of the past. You know, there's huge value on focusing on the now. And the truth is that when we keep dredging up the past and the now, what we're doing is we're taking a lens and putting it over the now and, make, and reliving the past over and over and over instead of allowing the now to unfold into the future that we want. Nurturing and fostering a more positive, forward-looking partnership lies in letting go, empathy, compassion, and forgiveness. And getting help is central in this. And if you need help with any of this, please feel free to reach out to me, direct message me. Contact me at rich at richinrelationship.com 
direct message me. Well, I probably said that. Um, go to richinrelationship.com and look and see what we have there. My puppy wants out. So that is the end of our episode, obviously, says my puppy. Here, let me show, show you to, him to you. See, oh, he's so cute. And thank you for coming to another episode of Rich in Relationship.